0: Hey, busy business people. I am here today with another entrepreneur taking action, Joe Perrone. He focuses on helping entrepreneurs enjoy what they do without burning out. And I'm getting the scoop on how he does it. Okay, so to kick things off, what were you doing before you decided to start helping people, you know, avoid getting burned out?
1: I had a big ego when I was running around and busy all the time, Christina. <laughs> stressing my <laughs> stressing out. You know, virtually raise your hand to audience listeners if you're busy and stressed out and running around, you've been in the right spot. And it was everything being everything to everyone, the run around with the Superman S on my chest. I have to be the the superhero to everyone and I have to do it all. And I have to get all the, the things done. I have to check all the boxes and I have to fill out all the to-do lists and I have to fill my schedule and just be busy. And it wasn't until a, an afternoon back in 2014 when I got rushed to the emergency room because I had a a panic attack and an anxiety attack that kept reoccurring and reoccurring and finally slowed me down.
0: Mm. Were you working in a job then, or did you have your own
1: business? Yeah, I was in my own companies. Um, I'm in the, I was in the automotive business. We're still in the automotive businesses. That's uh, I'm in there about three hours per week now. And it's focused the rest of my time on helping other business owners get away from that place of, I have to do everything. I have to touch every widget in my business. And I was running around. There were no boundaries saying yes, not taking on the clients that I really wanted to work with, not working with, not being clear on my ideal clients. And Christina, when you take a ride to the emergency room whether it's for something minor like an anxiety attack or a panic attack or something worse just the symbolism of that is enough to to slow you down and i realized that i didn't want anybody else to have to go through that and i and i really took that very seriously into heart when i started working with other business owners and helping them to kind of slow down more and get clear on what it was that they were creating.
0: I know that's been kind of an eye opener for me that, you know, I've met more and more people, especially since COVID that are in other countries where like mindset and stuff's a little bit different than it is here in the US around like working hard you know, the norm here as an entrepreneur, it's like a badge of honor. If you work a 60 to 80 hour week, like for some reason, that's something that we strive for. And we consider that to be like, Oh, look at me. I'm an awesome business owner. I'm working myself literally to death. Some, for some reason over here, we think that that's a good thing, which is just totally backwards. So I can definitely feel where you're coming from on some of that. And I mean, I think I loved one thing you said, though, too, because you're like, you just needed to do all of this stuff. You had to check all the boxes. You had to be Superman. I had one person tell me once that women specifically want to be in charge of so many things. Women feel like they have to, like they, they want to be everything for everybody. And I'm like, no, that's not it at all. We have to be. We feel like we have to be because the consequences of not being are so big. So it's like the way you, the way you phrase that just triggered that in my mind that it's like, you know, we feel like we have to be and that's a good, that something terrible is going to happen if we don't. And
1: that's a good topic to pull pull some threads on is that, you know, this that's the operating system that we're running on. That's the program that we're running because no one has ever showed us another way. Our media does not show us that. Television doesn't show us that it's keeping up with the Jones. we materialistic, more, more consumerism. And you could talk about supply chain crises. You could talk about any of that stuff. We buy too much stuff and we buy into too much stuff because we're looking in the one place where it's not. And that's outside of ourselves. we come back to us. What is it that we want? Not what is it that Christina wants. Not what is it that my neighbor wants. What does Joe want? What does Joe want to have happen right now in his life? And when we look to all these other avenues. When we look to all this other stuff. These things. To make us happy. These ideas. That. Listen, social media could be a great tool when used properly. It can be a devastating tool when it's not used correctly. We're using that as comparison for what we're lacking because we're looking for something that we're lacking. The ego will cause us to look outside of ourselves and what's missing, what's missing, what's missing. Well, nothing's missing. You know, I love Wayne, Wayne Dyer. Um, he said in one of his talks, he said for nine months, we didn't need anything. We were we were connected and we, we didn't have to worry if we didn't have a nose yet. We didn't have to worry if that our ears weren't developed yet. We didn't have to worry about any of that. But then all of a sudden we were born and we said, well, no, I got this. And and we've run that program ever since. So when we get back to that place of I have to touch everything, I have to do everything. Well, you didn't make your grass grow this morning. You didn't make the sun pop up. Right? You didn't plant, you know, you, you planted those seeds, but you didn't physically grow those crops. You didn't have to do that. But then we get on the, the ego tells us that. You're creating all of this stuff. you have to do all this stuff. If you don't do it, it'll never get done.
0: Yep. And we're chasing and all I think the- we chase like the fixes all the time. Everybody's looking for like that one magical thing that is gonna turn it all around.
1: And they look for it in the wrong place. It's out there looking outside. When you go back inside, that's where it is. And it's such an amazing yeah. shift to find that
0: out. Yeah, I mean, I think it's something that people that have been in business for a long, long time they seem to have figured that out. And it's like I've made it a point over the last couple of years to study them and kind of figure out what did they do, how did they get there, what was different in their mindset, what was different in the way they approached their actions. And you see it over and over again that they just stopped trying quite so hard. They get really focused on something and most of the time that something isn't a dollar amount it's a passion for helping a certain type of people or it's a passion for creating a certain things in their life that they want to have happen that there's just this final straw where you know that their spouse or somebody has had enough and they've realized they've missed too many baseball games or they've you know they've just missed out on too many important things and they're like enough is enough i'm not doing that anymore And there's some, you know, some straw that breaks the camel's back where it's just, they can't be this way. How can we change it? And then their whole business transforms from that moment. It's It's just a fun thing to watch. They've all got that story. Like almost every single one of them, all your power speakers, they have that story, that moment where they put themselves first and said, this is what I want. I want to be happy. I want this in my life. And it all changed from that moment, which is so it's so transformative when you think about it. And as you go talk to a bunch of different business owners that are at different stages in their business and you can kind of almost tell based on what they think important is important in that moment, how long they've been in business.
1: (laughs) And, you know, I know your mission of this podcast is to help people get something out of it right now that they can. Take action on right now, today, after they listen to this or in the moment that they listen to this, there's something or a group of things that they can do today to start turn, turning this ship around, to start reducing that anxiety, to start wear, stop wearing that, that, that busyness as that badge of honor, as you, as you so brilliantly said. And I, and I have some tips I can share on doing exactly that if you'd like.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I want to, first of all, offer your, your listeners the five keys to time freedom. It's a free PDF that I um, created, and it was the exact steps that I used to go from burnout to time freedom. And, you know, the first key in that, that the first freedom key is to slow down. So if you're listening to this right now and it just seems like it's life is just coming at you and just flying at you. We want to remember that we're going to slow down. And the purpose of slowing down is to acknowledge what's going on right now. If you're driving at 100 miles an hour down the highway and the gas light goes on to E and you're not paying attention to that, you could run out of gas and that's what most people that face burnout have told me is that it felt like i just i just ran out of i ran out of fuel and there was nothing that i can do no motivation no inspiration could even bring me back from that point. i was just physically drained so when we slow down we start to notice those signals those markers and those things that are warning us you're going too fast you're doing too, you're doing too many things and you know the 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 second thing that we we need to do as we're as we're slowing down is as we're observing these things that are going on in our life get really clear on what it is we want. Most of us as business owners know what we don't want. You don't want your business to shut down. You don't want a key employee to leave. You don't want a vendor to, to pick another business over yours and, and you, you get lost in the supply chain. Like we know as businesses what we do not want. But oftentimes we forget what we actually do want and what is so important to us and why we started this business and why it, it got us to take action to start the business. So getting clear. And one of the the best things that I've learned and and what I'd love to share is is right now, your values, where you spend your money and your time is what you value. So right now, if what you're spending your time on and what you're spending your money on is is exactly what you value, then you, you should be on the right track. Most of us, that's not the case. Most burned out, Most people that are burned out or have gone through burnout take, that, take those two items. Where's my money going and where's my time going? And when they look at that and they say, well, this is not even close to what I value. So getting clear on, on those values and those things that you really want. And if your dollars and your time aren't following those values, and to the degree of that they're not following it, that's that's how much that's where you need to that's where you need to work on first.
0: And I think a really good thing for people to do would be to actually sit down and kind of make a list. You know, go print out your bank statement and go look at like go look at what you've been buying, go look at your purchases. You know, and I think food is probably gonna be the most revealing to how you're spending your days. I know it was for me when I started looking at it, all of the the food choices you make because they're faster, they're more convenient, mm-hmm. the more you start eating out. And it's like, you just, that may not be what you wanna do, but it's what you're forced into doing. So I would imagine that food is gonna be very telling. I know it was for me. And then one thing I started doing as I really got focused on, I was going to scale my businesses. I was not, I was gonna make that exit out of management and into you know, CEO was to look at the things I was doing in a day that I didn't get joy from the things that I did not like doing, or that I felt someone else could do this better than me. And I started making a list and that's been a big focus for me, especially over these last couple of months to be like, okay, this is not my happy place. Let me find someone who will make this their happy place you know, because there's someone else in the world who's going to take this, who's going to own it, who's going to love it. It's going to be their baby. And in my case, I'm doing that with two entire companies (laughs) because somebody else is going to love that company and love being in it every day more than I will. And they're going to do better for the people that are in there as a client, for the people that are in there as an employee than I ever would. And so like, I feel like that was a huge eye opener for me. And it, it immediately started reclaiming a lot of my time, like I went to um, Scalable Impact Live in Texas at the beginning of November, literally came back and made massive shifts and reclaimed about 15 hours a week of my time with a few changes. They were a little bit painful. But they were necessary. Some of them were exciting, some of them were painful. But you know, I just looked at where my time was going. And what I enjoyed doing it was just game changer to think of that. So I love that that fits right in with your tips.
1: Yeah, and it leads right down to the third key, which is which is do less to your to your point. And as you're going through the five keys, the third the third key of do less. It's not do less. It's not it's not sit on the couch. It's do less of the things that are unessential to your value system, to your goal, to your desired outcome. And I I borrowed that from Greg McCune, who wrote uh, Essentialism. In a great book, effortless, and it was exactly what you said, Christina. I took a the first iteration of it was just a legal pad, and I went twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. What am I spending my time on? And you said it brilliantly with the bank statement. That's a that's a clear indicator, right? Do it with do the same thing with your time. Things I things that I did on Monday, Tuesday, all the way through, right? And now as you're going through those, I took a green highlighter, and I said there was only two columns: things I enjoyed doing, things I didn't enjoy doing. Things I enjoyed doing, that's let's keep those on. Let's let's find out ways to to replicate those, to do more of those things. That was easy. Those, those. So if you're listening and you want to take out a, a pad in a paper, a patent and pencil and write down 24 hours a day, seven days a week, what'd you do? These are your, as Christina said, these are your bank statements. These are your time bank statements. These, yep. this, there's a format for it in the five keys, which will be your free download and it'll be a, a link uh, that I'll, I'll send to you, Christina. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the things that you don't like doing because that's uncomfortable, right? Yep. And things that I do not enjoy doing. And I ask five questions of, of these, these things. Some of these are musts. Some of these are things that we've told ourselves that we must do. Can I tell you a quick story about a must that one of my clients had that we kind of shifted?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I had a I had a client that was on a school board. And the school board was, you know, had her about eight to ten hours a week of, of valuable time, prime time in her week. And it was really stressing her out. I mean, she was getting physically, you know, physical reactions from, from the school board meetings and the calls and the all the it was more of. The emails, the phone calls, the infighting, you know, the little side texts and the side emails between members. Right. Physically draining all our energy. And I, you know, we we talked about why she joined the school board in the first place. What what got you? So when they called you up and said, hey, you're you're a member of the school board, you were really excited about that. What, What got you excited about it in the first place? And she said, well, my daughter goes to school and she, you know, got to spend a little bit of time, you know, once in a while, I get to have lunch with her, and I got to know what's going on with school, and, and I kind of knew all the, you know, was, was part of the decision-making team for some of the areas of, of where this, the direction of the school is going. I said, okay, that's good. That's great. That is a must. That's a, that's a must. Okay, well, does this must still still matter to you that that why that reason why you're there does that still matter to you and she she literally went back in her chair she goes you know my daughter hasn't gone to that school in two years
0: (laughs) well yep.
1: she knew what she had to do she left the school board graciously, We taught her how to you know, graciously say no to the no more of the school board. Now, she took that time and she visits her daughter at college. That was her must. That was her why. That was the reason. So things things matter. Things are musts for us. But if we go back and replay the programming that we've conditioned ourselves to is, can we, re, can we reset that program? Does that program still serve us anymore? And then there's just things that we, you know, they do matter. They are musts. And they're just things that we have to do. So I say, can can we change our attitude or the way that we go about doing it? Yeah. And just re and do a, a reframe of how we go about doing this. You know, I had to do this with, with my own uh, children with work. I was saying, I'm going, I got to go to work today. I own the business, but I'm, I got to go to work today. I got to go to work today, and I keep saying it. Programming—that's what my dad said. That's my grandfather. You know, going to work. Yeah. Well, ref- let's 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 pull that. Let's pull that sentence apart. What's work about it? When I got that job, when I bought that company, I was so excited about going to work. So, what was it in that word? Let's change the word. What do I like doing when I'm there? I liked serving people. I love the I love the part of when somebody got into a car accident, and that's a that's almost as bad as a medical. That's the next worst thing to a medical emergency is your the loss of your vehicle. And I found, and to pull it apart, that I found a way to help people relax after their car accident. They left they left all of their problems, all of their stress, all of it. They left it in our office for us to handle. And then they went about their day. And I found I was really, really good at that. So when I say to my children, You're going to work today? No, I'm going to go help people today. That's a big shift. Mm -hmm. So can I change my attitude about it? You said it. Can I outsource it? Who can I find? Who Not How is a great book by Dan Sullivan. Um, I encourage every small business owner and entrepreneur to grab that book and go through it as like a textbook <laughs> and find your who's. Christina, you said it so brilliantly. Those people that love to do that one part. There's people in my organization that, that don't like deal customers, but the technical part, they're better than anybody and they love it time expands for them they get into such a flow
0: yeah. you know, and i enjoy being able to create a space where they like what they do all day long yeah like that gives me happy feelings like instead of me trudging head down trying to get through something that is just painful like i would rather create a place where somebody who has fun with that that is their happy place can come to be happy like i have created their amusement park in my company (laughs) they come there every day excited they like being able to get on the same rides over and over again have some new rides pop up here and there but they have a blast you know it's like that to me is just it's so much fun and i feel like i think we think a lot of times that if somebody else does it they won't do the right thing for the client And what I've found time and again, is that's just not true. If you put the energy into finding the right people, you know, we have a limited amount of mental calories that we can expend in a day. We have to choose where to spend them. I could choose to keep doing the work myself, or I can put that, you know, energy into how do I find the right person to do it, you know, or I can learn something new, or I can put that energy into how do I find the right person to do the thing that I need. And then at the end of the day, the client gets a better end result they get somebody who actually cares about it who makes it their thing who's there as a full-time parent in this role where you know I was the evil stepmom it doesn't work you know so i love it i 100% agree and and to to uh,
1: i want to add to your point because it's such a great point finding those right people when you are busy when you are stressed out when you are in the midst of burnout when you just need a body you just need some you just need a person you're playing you're playing on your back foot. You cannot slow down long enough to qualify this person for your company, to get to know this person, to get to know what they like doing, to ask those questions to hire that right person to to your great point. And when we when we're slowing down and getting clear on what we want, when that person comes in, oh my goodness. We know that you said it. We, we know that's the right person for our company. We know that's the person that this is going to be their amusement park. You're like there. There they are. They're there. They're coming right in. You're, you're attracting that, and and you you've manifested that perfect person because you got clear on what you wanted. So great. You know, I I love that point, and I just love that. You know, we're on the same page with that about people, and and um. You know, it's it's just so important to building a great company and your clients will just want, you know, just go even more and validate that point is your clients will love it. They will love the experience because they're having such an interaction with the people that you've brought into that organization and what they've brought into the organization. And that's what your customers are buying. They're buying that yeah. outcome. So yeah,
0: great, and it doesn't make point. you any less knowledgeable. I think we fear sometimes that if we introduce our clients to other people who know more than we do, that they're going to think less of us. And in my experience, that hasn't been the case. Like I become the curator of the people that they need. They see me as the ultimate expert. I'm the one who can bring in the right people, who can introduce the right people, who has controlled like, hey, this is what needs to happen. And I've collected the humans that make this happen. Like they know more than me and that's what you want, you know, and they have greater respect for you, not less.
1: <laughs> and and to add to that point, because I, I love that point, is that it puts your personal, that's where your personal brand, Christina, is so important mm-hmm. because they're they came into your world because of you. They saw something in you, right? And now when you yep. put them in, in with somebody on your team, they already bought into you. And now once they see that dealing with that next person is just a continuation of dealing with Christina, right? It's so valuable subconsciously with the client because now they know that this company has a lot more bandwidth to deal with more of my problems. Now they feel more comfortable trusting you with other things that they might not have even known that they needed. And that's so valuable, Christine. I'm so glad you brought that point up. And it goes with specialists and it goes with the people that you've curated because I would imagine that you are you are a go-to for a lot of people in your in your sphere, in your world. Yep. Yeah. Well Definitely. Well done. And so those things that we don't like doing, you know, can we can we get some? Can we get a who? Can we outsource this to to somebody that's way better on this than we are? The next thing is really hard because the the program and the languaging as as men was would we don't ask for directions. Is can I ask for help with it? Oh, that's so hard to do.
0: <laughs> Women have it on the flip side too, though, because like we are fighting against being seen as knowledgeable, being seen as in, you know in control, being seen as in charge. And if we ask too many questions and be too vulnerable, people are going to think that we're too much of a girl and we're not capable of handling their you know, what they need and being professional and so we fight it from the opposite thing, but the same same problems occur if I'm not asking for help.
1: And what I would tie the 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 last two points together when we become that trusted advisor, and we become that trusted person that is the go-to, and we've become a friend first in our network, we've become a, the relationship builder, we've become the, 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 the know, like, and trust, as we said in the, in the pre-interview. Now, if I ask you for help, you, you know what place I'm coming from is asking for help. So asking for help, and it's one of the hardest things we do as entrepreneurs because we're the doers, we're the go getters, we're the we're the people that make this stuff happen. Again, we're afraid
0: ego. to be that's vulnerable. Ego.
1: Again, that's ego. That's e- if you, that's a clear marker that ego slipping in. So go to the pl- go back to the place of who can I ask for help for, with this? And if you you know when we go through who not how that book is so mind shifting to say. Is there a who for this? Is there a who in my network for this? Yeah, and that's such a- well. And I think
0: one thing that has helped me get people to be willing to ask for help is I tell them to look for a mentor. For some reason, when we say a mentor, oh, well, that's fine. But when we say go find someone you can ask for help, they're like, eh. but like a mentor, like mentee relationship. Oh yeah. Oh, get that'd be great. Same thing. But for some reason, like you said earlier, just reframing it in your mind, if you can say like, I have this very specific problem. And a lot of times we tend to think of that problem as like, I'm really not good at X. Like, and I lived in this world for a little while because I was like, I'm really not good with numbers. And I don't know my business numbers the way I should. You know, we watch Shark Tank, we watch The Profit, which, and it's like, these guys are just like numbers, numbers, numbers. I'm like, I can't be a good business owner because I don't know numbers. And then I interviewed another lady on this podcast and she was like, every woman, specifically women who tell me that they don't know numbers. They're not good at numbers. They're not good at math. I asked them what the last thing was they bought on sale. It's like, Oh, <laughs> I can do toilet paper math. <laughs> you know, if you can do toilet paper math, you can do business math, you know, down to like the, the squares and the sizes yeah. and the, you know what I mean? And like, cause we've all done it. You sit there at the store and you're like, I'm pretty sure these are all the same thing, but you find the right one, right? So it's like to reframe it a little bit differently and say, okay, so it's not that I'm bad at this. It's that I don't have experience in doing it the way I need to do it in this moment. How can I go find the mentor that can help me? That can help me get past this one piece. And what I found really astounding for me was I had that person in my company already and I just wasn't using her.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: So like I had her running one part of my company and then coming to find out that She's an accountant on the side. She's like zero certified, QuickBooks certified. And it's like, (laughs) but I had to be willing to be vulnerable. I had to be willing to say like, okay, I know you you work here and you think I'm amazing, but let me tell you, (laughs) I need help. And, you know, to be that kind of vulnerable to somebody who looks up to you in a lot of ways and works for you and say like, hey, you know, that was a whole new level in humbling, but I'm so glad I did it. And it's just, it, it's great. The things you can overcome if you can find the right mentor to go help you, even if it's just a small problem. And most people are willing to help. Most people want to be helpful humans. It makes us feel good.
1: Yeah. And and I want to add to your point about your accountant. And there's a, there's a business owner out there that's listening right now that says, I can never tell somebody that they're good at something. Or I can never tell somebody that I'm not good at something. Shif- yeah. shifting again reframing start with the, the micro commitment we'll have you make is mr mr mrs listener is if you recognize somebody that's good at something in your company just start just start acknowledging that they're really good at that just start acknowledging that they're really good at man you re- I noticed you're really good at numbers wow just do that for a week. Yeah. Just prime that for a week. Prime that for a month before you say, hey, would you be interested in uh, taking a look at the doing the books? Would, you, would that ever be? Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, but you've been yeah. priming yourself in them for this. You've been acknowledging what they're good at. And sometimes as business yeah. owners, we just, you know, it is if you're in the midst of just this this overwhelming where you're just so busy and. Like you said, you had this person in your company. When you slowed down, got clear on what it was that you needed help with, the person appeared. Oh, my goodness. This person's good
0: at numbers. Yep. Well, and to your point, I got back to what I really was looking for. You know, like I I wanted to scale a company. I never wanted to be in the weeds doing the work. I wanted to do that. exit. I didn't know the language. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was asking for until I started talking to people that had done it. You know, and then, okay, now I know the language. Now I know about the five exits. Now I know about the different ways you can be in a company and not in a company and how you can structure your companies. And like, I didn't know those things until I found the right people Mm -hmm. and I got the right kind of advice. And it's like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. That's exactly what I wanted to do this entire time. And I know I've heard this saying, I don't know how many times, but entrepreneurs are the people that will trade one boss for 50. You know, and I think we don't think about that sometimes. We don't really realize what that does for us to have clients. So we have multiple clients that are our bosses. And we don't realize what we've done. And we go to work for people that we would never go to work for if they offered us a job. And I know you said like work mentioned that earlier on in the call, like work for the people that you like working with and things like that. And that's something we both kind of share a passion for, you know, that's a real thing you need to be doing. I think if you look at every client and you're like, if you offered me a job, would I come to work for you? It makes you again reframe it. Mm -hmm. Think about it a little bit differently it's like, would you still take that client? No, I wouldn't want to work with them every day. Okay, well, why are you turning? It... And people are so afraid. I think we're afraid to turn down money. And I found time and time again that like two things happen when we turn down money. One, we free up our time and our energy. Again, you know, we've only got so many mental calories and that one client who's going to suck up half of our you know mental calorie load in a two hour conversation, not helpful. We don't have the energy to put on the things that we need. It just taps you and you're done. And then, you know, two, you end up getting really good at serving the people that you do like because you spend more of your time with them. Because when you have that emotionally draining client, you don't have enough energy left to be present with your other clients. So you just kind of coast. You just do the best you can. Mm-hmm. And you know you're not balancing this fairly because this person who's not somebody you should be working with is taking so much of your time. These people you do like working with are kind of because they're not being needy and they're not staying on top of you that they're getting kicked to the curb. And you know you feel bad about it, but you're not fixing it. But when you really have time for those people, then you start listening. You start hearing. You start knowing what they want. And you're like, oh, well, yeah, that would be a really simple change. It would actually save me time and it would benefit you. Holy cow, let's do that. That's great. You know what I mean? So it's like, Some of these magical things happen if you just feel the fear and do it anyway. And that's a quote from somebody else I interviewed on the podcast and I've totally stole it and made it my own. Good. Um, But you just feel the fear and you do it anyway, right? Because it's like, oh, I don't want to have to turn down that client. It's so terrifying. Okay, do it anyway. Every guru out there, everybody who's made it anywhere in business will tell you don't work with the clients that you don't like. You know who they are. You know better and you do it anyway. I'm guilty of this. I just did it the other day and I know better and it went, they went poorly. It happens. But like feel the fear, do it anyway. And that, I mean, ties in so
1: perfectly with that last that last thing we talked about, you know, asking for help. But if asking for, if you've overcome asking for help, you just said it, what would happen if I just stopped doing this? Can I tell you a story about what happens when you stop doing things? Of course. So in our, our automotive businesses, we had a client. Deal, uh, client was significant revenue for us. Eighty-twenty rule. It was eighty percent of our headaches. Good money, real good money. So great that on the nineteenth of every month, I knew exactly where to get a check from. That check paid for basically all of our payroll and most of our expenses for the entire month. So on the 19th, go get a check and my whole month's paid for just from this, this one client. Problem was, my phone didn't stop ringing. If I went on vacation, my phone would ring. My email inbox was always full. There was no escape. The person that was doing this, was it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a bad person. They were under a lot of stress. Their company was a lot of under a lot of stress and they the way that they handled their customers. They expected us to handle them and give them that needy, needy attention because that was the clients they attracted who called them every day. And we were a subcontractor and then they called us every day. Right. So, Now we're caught up in this hamster wheel of, well, if we jump off, we're basically, that's it. And our mindset was, you know, we we talked a lot about refocusing and reframing in in this episode. We were too close to that problem. We were way too close to that problem. Mentor, right? Find a mentor. Who's a mentor that only works with clients that they love to work with? Oh, we found a mentor for that one. What did she tell me? She said, if there's any bits of resistance, if there's friction, if there's if you feel that strongly. Gracefully bow out of the relationship. That was one of the hardest things that I ever had to do as a business owner. And you will attest to this when you turn down. It's turning down money. And as you said it, but it's also freeing up time and energy. And go back to the go back to the first key of slowing down to realize that go to the second key of getting clear. Okay, well, is money worth my time and energy? Is this money worth my time and energy? If it is. If it's a challenge and you, you can reframe it and you can go through all the other keys and you can go through the other tips, then great. But if it's just not working, then just say no. Yeah. So can I tell you some – you said magic. Can I tell you magic that happens when you say no and when you do stay true to your values and beliefs and honor your own time and energy and space? Mm-hmm. Okay. We go into the meeting. We, we – Graciously bow out of the relationship within two weeks. When you, you know, when you force things, when you, when you're just constantly forcing things, nothing can happen. Nothing can just be allowed to happen because you have to have control. Ego has to have control. I have to fix this problem. I have to solve. I, 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 I no. The grass didn't grow. You didn't make the grass grow this morning. You didn't bring the sun up this morning. Okay. So Joe is not making any of this happen. Real. Just go back to service. You said it. Be, be in service. But what happens when you're in service? Magic happens. Get a phone call. A client that I didn't even know existed was not even on my prospect list, was not even in. My realm of consciousness was six minutes from my shop. Calls me. I've never knew about this client. I didn't. I had to Google where their address was, and I said, "Oh my God, they're right in my backyard." Called me, and said, "We have this account. This is what we want. This is what we're looking for. This is what we're not getting. We saw, We just saw. We Googled you. We Googled auto repair shops, and you were the." And boy, we've gone through, and you just look like great people to deal with. Huh? I drove right over there. Just that first step, they said, this is better. Just this is better service. Service. This is better service than we've received from any of our other vendors. As long as I've been here, this is what the, what the woman that called me said turned out to be double of what that what that client that we graciously bowed out of the relationship with, double the revenue of what they have.
0: Yeah. So I mean, that's what works. happens when you get your energy back. <laughs> it works. And I think people put so much focus on how can I reclaim my time that I think sometimes we undervalue our energy. Like, I mean, most people like when you talk energy, they kind of like oh, woo woo, and some people tune you out. But uh, like I said, I like to think of it in mental calories. You've only got so many in a day. Where are you going to put them? You know, and if you let somebody stress you out and take more of your calories than they should take, you just don't have enough left for the rest of the day. And it does add up. I mean, like you might have 10 hours left in the end of your day, but if you only got two hours worth of energy to use in that 10 hours you're just not going to be as productive. So I mean, I think you have to kind of treat each one equally. Like time matters, yes. Energy matters, maybe more so than time.
1: And perfect segue into the fourth key, which is scheduling time for yourself. And again, that's something that we forget about. We will we'll book that client meeting. We'll book that call. We'll book that podcast. We'll book all these things and we'll get, we'll get everything on the calendar. We'll get every, we'll get it all, we'll fill up that calendar. But there's one thing missing from that calendar. It's the most important piece of that calendar to you. Yep. If you're not at hundred percent, let's use a cliche, the old air mask story, you know, when you go on the plane, they tell you to put your air mask on first. Yeah. If you're at 60 or 70 percent, and you are just by the end of a day, you're just got you got nothing left. You got nothing to give your family. You've got nothing to give anybody that relies on you uh, to be to be at 100 percent. You have nothing left. And you take that into the next day and you're just drained by the end of a week. And, and you know, it's, it's TGIF, right? You get to the end of the week. You get maybe one or two a day and a half basically to to recover. And by, you know, statistics show by three fifty eight on Sunday afternoon, you're already thinking about Monday. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So, you know, scheduling time for yourself and having that space in your calendar where you put yourself in that calendar, you put 30 minutes, you put 10 minutes, you put five minutes to meditate or to reflect or to celebrate a big win or just be thankful that you're here. Um, I I like just the simple exercise. I like simple things that don't cost anything to do. Write down just five things you're really grateful for. Write, Write down, we're in the season of Thanksgiving right now. It should be like that every day of the week. It should be like that every hour of your life where you're thinking of one thing that you can just say, you know, I know it, it might not be going exactly the way I, I, I think it should be going or just something might not be right. But you know what? I'm really grateful for these other five things. I'm grateful for the other 10 things. So scheduling that time for ourselves to actually go back inside and, re- and reflect on what's going so well. It's just so, so valuable to our overall well-being and you know, contributes to that time freedom to where we feel like we got something in for ourselves. It's not for our, everybody else because that's where resentment seeps in. And now we're, after that all builds up, you you start resenting that time that you spent in your business, start resenting that very thing that you're creating.
0: No. Yeah. I know one like small change I made to give myself more time in my day when, you know, again, I made, I, I realized all this and started making shifts. A lot of like we're telling people they need to do was I was going to eat lunch every day. Cause when you work from home, it's really easy for just the clock to just, and it's gone. You don't even realize it. I make time for lunch every day. And while I'm eating lunch, I do something not work related, you know, cause I used to watch like training videos or I would read blogs or I'd read a business book or something like that while I was eating lunch seemed fine why not it's a time to get caught up but making that simple change to like watching some tv show that's utterly stupid that i just want to binge watch that's not work related or you know reading a book that's not work related and doing that while i eat lunch it was amazing what kind of energy that gave me for the second half of my day
1: so valuable so valuable,
0: and tiny steps like they don't have to be big ones they can be tiny ones but it helps you know
1: and these little things that we do, these little things that add up, you know, if, you, if you're going to go on a 100-mile on a, on a journey, you're just, you're just a half a degree off. You're not going to notice it in the beginning. You won't, you won't notice it. But when you get to that 100-mile, you know, when you get to that far-out destination, you know, where you were supposed to be here and now you're here. You veered off so you know, and it's just that those little micro steps in a day, in a week, in a year that add up. And you know, the last key of of this, uh, the five keys, is is that take daily action. And one of the one of my favorite things to to discuss with a business owner are where are the opportunities they have to give that they're they they might be missing out on a, on a daily basis and you know most times we're thinking about giving as like you know writing a thousand dollar check or you know giving giving something parting ways with with a, a, an item or giving somebody you know
0: oh, it can be as simple as make someone smile today mm-hmm. go out of your way to intentionally make someone smile every day yes
1: yes and i like th- giving I, I like to call it giving outside of the box and it's those simple things that you could do. I, I like give time and attention. Give people your attention and your focus. When you're on with that client, when you're in the line at the supermarket, when you're driving with your, with your friend, focus on them. Give them attention. Give them focus. I, I, I have to tell you some of the best conversations, some of the, the deepest conversations I've had were when I was fully present and in that moment. And I've had amazing ideas come from that. I've, I've been able to, to help others develop ideas with, with just attention, time, and focus costs nothing. You said it, give, give a smile. You know, when, when you smile, the whole world smiles with you, right? <laughs> yep. And smile.
0: It's amazing what that does, you know, because I mean, I tell people all the time, you need to be a helpful human, you need to think about how you can help your customers, you need to think about how you can help the people in your life. If you make it your mission to make every customer smile, like we're in a ton of zoom calls nowadays, right? Like, that's just the norm. If you're in a zoom call, and you say, I am not going to leave this call without making them smile about something, you will see the relationship shift. You know, you'll see that they start being a lot more comfortable and you stop dreading these meetings as much. You start looking forward to them because they're going to feed you energy back. Yeah. And we talked about energy, making someone else smile, making someone else happy, making an impact on someone else and gives you back some of your energy. You know, it gives you back more than you put out.
1: You know, you give compliments, compliment people, you know, go back to, you know, you were saying, going back to sometimes we're afraid to be vulnerable and give somebody that feedback and that. That job well done, give our employees compliments, give our clients compliments, you know, um, client page on time, call them up and and give give them a compliment. You know, you always pay me right on time. You always pay your bills right on time. Can you do you know business owner that is listening out there, entrepreneur that's listening out there. You start giving compliments to the people that you work with on a daily basis. Your business will be in a different position one month, three months, one year from now if you just do that. If you don't do anything else that other than just give people compliments throughout your day, one thing, I guarantee you, your business will look exponentially different next quarter.
0: Yeah. And it turns into referrals, it turns into more longevity with your clients, it turns into better relationships with the people in your life. Like, I feel like sometimes people, they struggle to understand the benefit. So I just, I go back to that feel the fear, do it anyway, kind of thing. Like, do it first. What's it, what do you get to lose? You'll understand why after you've done it for a bit. If you don't understand now, do it anyway. promise it'll kick in (laughs) you'll figure it out once you've done it for a little bit it just clicks
1: you said something before about mentors and this this point about you know next point about giving goes back to mentors because this is a often overlooked piece of giving when it as it relates to mentors is when you sit down when a mentor takes time with you especially when a mentor doesn't you know you don't they don't charge you for any of this. Like you're actually get gaining and downloading information. Um, give them the honor that they deserve for taking the time to impart this wisdom on you. And some of the ways that I've learned to give honor back is give them feedback on what the advice that they give you. Give them examples of how that worked in your business. Give them the, the, feedback you have you have to tell them how it worked for you because now yeah. as you're giving that back to them first of all it's val- it's validating for them plus it lets them know that you're actually doing it
0: yeah and well, that's me- one of the best ways you can give back to a business is to give them positive feedback because and give them permission to use it do a video do a written testimonial mm-hmm. do something and say, please feel free to use this in your marketing is my way of saying thank you. Like you can totally give back to businesses by doing that, especially if you will go that next step and you will give them video. So it's like one of the things I like to do is I'll give people short video and a long video and I'll give them a short testimonial and a long testimonial. So like one that they can use, like the longer one, they can use it in their references list and things along those lines when they're going after bigger projects. The short ones they can put on their website. And they can use them in different areas in their marketing. And if somebody has really given you a lot of value and you can do those few things back for them, it really doesn't take you long. There's like 30 minutes to an hour of your life. And you have given them some of the best marketing tools that they can use to help get more clients like you, even if you didn't have to pay them. If that's a great trade yeah. every time, right? Because those are so hard to get. I mean, we all know as a business owner, it is so hard to get like video testimonials. So that can be a huge thing.
1: And, and giving back to, to our mentors that are imparting this wisdom on us, just some technical things. Be on time for your mentor. Honor their time. If they tell you that you're going to jump on a Zoom at 9 o'clock, be there five minutes early for them. Uh, really honor their time. Honor the commitment. If you say you're going to be on you know, you, once a week, honor that commitment. And if you if yeah. something comes up. Let them know ahead of time. Honor their time. Honor the, the commitments that you make when you get off of those calls. Honor your work. What what have they have you committed to in that call? So giving honor back to your mentors is one of the most valuable pieces. And, and Christine, I can't tell you how many times that it's led to other mentoring opportunities where they've said, you know, you were asking about this problem. We were working on this. I met somebody that would really, really benefit. You get so much access through your mentors. So, um, yeah. you know, and, and uh, there's, there's more, you know, giving keys, but the, the last one that I really wanted to focus on is giving other people hope. You know, we live in a day and age where the world, if you look at, if you watch the news, which I don't, if you listen to the bad social media, if you listen to all the stuff that's going on outside, outside of ourselves, it sounds like the world's going to hell in a handbasket, but there are people, Christina, you're, you're now one of you know my people that I could say this unequivocally about. You're one of those people that give hope, give hope. That's the giving key. Give hope that this world's not going to hell in a handbasket, that there are people out there that want to help and empower other people, business owners, humans, just they want to make this world a better place. And I think that's one of the most important things that we can give each other is hope that you're in this business. You're in it to to financially grow. You're in it to personally grow. You're in it to help other people and other businesses grow. And that gives hope. And when you're doing it at such a high level, when you're serving at such a high level. When you smile, when you have a positive attitude, when you're giving compliments, when you're giving feedback, when you're just putting all that out, you leave that call. It's such a renewed energy that the ripple will never know, Christina. Will never know how big that ripple that we created is.
0: Yep, it's why we why we like motivational speakers, right? We we just absorb the positive vibes that they're putting out. And it makes us feel good. That's why so many people watch these speakers and they buy whatever they sell. They don't even know what it is most of the time. They buy it because they feel good and they just want more. They want to be in their world more. We like being around people that are positive. As a business owner, that directly translates into revenue. I mean, it just does. Whether it's from referrals, whether it's from customers staying longer, whether it's from a shortened sales cycle, whatever you want to put into the marketing and sales world, being a helpful human with a positive energy that's willing to help people first and profit later, it always generates revenue. Like there's like, you don't like, don't, don't take bad clients. You know, there is a line, you know, but go out there and help people go out there and help the people that you want to help and that you can be that positive force in their life for. And if you can't be a positive force for these people, because you just don't get along, don't work with them. <laughs> Let them go with someone else who they do get along with, you know?
1: And, and I like to just add to that. Cause it's so, that's so brilliant. Also, being like you're you're a person that's a hub, right? You've collected all these people. They might not be a right fit for you, but if you listen and you've given them time, focus and attention, you know who in your network you can point them in the direction to and you could still be in service to that person. So you're still giving them value. And now you're giving somebody else value in your network.
0: I know I have kept you for like almost an entire hour and I apologize for making it so long, but I think this was so much good stuff. Um, So wrapping up, is there any final advice or tips? And then like, how can someone find you? What do you do? Who do you like to work with?
1: I love working with small business owners. I love working with business owners that, that want to grow. They want to feel more successful. They want to have that, level of success where they might be in business and the revenue might be there, but it just, you know, it doesn't feel successful. And they've gotten to that point where they're near burnout and they they feel like they just, they have to touch everything in their business. And they're at that wall where they can't take time away from their business. And it feels like the business runs them and they do not run their own business. And it's just a full-time job for them. I love, 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 love working with those people and it's just an honor to to have conversations with people like that. So on my website is joeperone.biz and the five keys to time freedom. You just do joeperone.biz slash five keys, you get a link, you put your email in. I don't spam you. You get some just some cool emails that tie right back into the five keys and you can opt out at any time. But get the five keys, it's free. There's a time tracker with it. And I would love for your listeners to have it and just to be able to add value to their businesses just off of that first entry point would be uh, would be so valuable.
0: Awesome. And I'll make sure the link is wherever you're watching this video at because we put it all over the internet. The link will be near it somewhere on the page. So look around for it. It'll be there. Thank you. This has been like absolutely amazing. So I mean, guys, if, if you're telling yourself, I need to clone myself, I need more hours in a day, if you find yourself apologizing to a spouse or significant other or find yourself apologizing to a kid for missing the one thing, you probably need to go talk to Joe. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on.
1: Oh, Christine, it was my pleasure. Thanks so much. I enjoyed the conversation. This hour flew by. It was awesome.
0: I know. It was so fast. I just looked at the timer and I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> So entrepreneurs, guys, this is your call to take action, like head over to etatoday.zone and learn how to build a business that enables your lifestyle instead of taking over your life until next time.